0: Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this ninth day of Christmas, the second of January, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. Today we commemorate J.K. Wilhelm Luer, pastor. Johann Conrad Wilhelm Luer served as the pastor of Neuen Dettelzau in the Bavarian Alps in the 1800s. Although he never left Germany, Lua had a significant impact on Lutheranism in North America. Recognizing the need for church workers, Lua assisted in the training of missionary pastors to be sent to the New World and Australia. A number of the men sent by Lua would become founders of what is today the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, the LCMS. It was also due in part to Lua's financial backing that a theological school in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and a teacher's institute in Saginaw, Michigan were established. Loa is widely recognized and fondly remembered for his confessional integrity and his dedication to Christian charity. Our readings for today are Psalm 62, Psalm 98, Isaiah chapter 62 verses 1 through 12, Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20, and paragraphs 311 through 323 of Part One of the Large Catechism. We will close as always with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 62nd Psalm. For God alone my soul waits in silence, from him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress I shall not be greatly shaken. My refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 98th Psalm. O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands, let the hills sing for joy together. Before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness, and the peoples with equity. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Isaiah, and we will be reading the 62nd chapter, verses 1 through 12. and your land shall no more be termed desolate. But you shall be called, My delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest, and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem, and makes it a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand, and by his mighty arm, I will not again give your grain to be food for your enemies, and foreigners shall not drink your wine, for which you have labored. But those who garner it shall eat it, and praise the Lord, and those who gather it shall drink it, in the courts of my sanctuary. Go through, go through the gates, Prepare the way of the people. Build up, build up the highway, Clear it of stones, Lift up a signal over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him, And his recompense before him. And they shall be called the holy people, The redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called sought out, A city, not forsaken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of Luke, and we will be reading the second chapter, verses 1 through 20. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Large Catechism, and we will be reading Part 1, Paragraphs 311-323. through 323. Conclusion of the Ten Commandments Now we have the Ten Commandments, a summary of divine teaching about what we are to do in order that our whole life may be pleasing to God. Everything that is to be a good work must arise and flow from and in this true fountain and channel. So apart from the Ten Commandments, no work or thing can be good or pleasing to God, no matter how great or precious it is in the world's eyes. Let us see now what our great saints can boast of their spiritual orders and their great and mighty works. They have invented and set these things up, while they let these commandments go, as though they were far too insignificant, or had long ago been perfectly fulfilled. I am of the opinion, indeed, that here one will find his hands full, and will have enough, to do to keep these commandments, meekness, patience, love towards enemies, chastity, kindness, and other such virtues and their implications. But such works are not of value and make no display in the world's eyes. For these are not peculiar and proud works. They are not restricted to particular times, places, rites, and customs. They are common every day, household works that one neighbor can do for another. Therefore they are not highly regarded. But the other works cause people to open their eyes and ears wide. Men aid this effect by the great display, expense, and magnificent buildings with which they adorn such works, so that everything shines and glitters. There they waft incense, they sing and ring bells, they light tapers and candles, so that nothing else can be seen or heard. For when a priest stands there is a surplice garment, embroidered with gold thread, or a layman continues all day upon his knees in church. That is regarded as a most precious work, which no one can praise enough. But when a poor girl tends a little child and faithfully does what she is told, that is considered nothing. For what else should monks and nuns seek in their cloisters? Look, is not this a cursed overconfidence of those desperate saints who dare to invent a higher and better life and estate than the Ten Commandments teach? To pretend, as we have said, that this is an ordinary life for the common man, but theirs is for saints and perfect ones. The miserable blind people do not see that no person can go far enough to keep one of the Ten Commandments as it should be kept. Both the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer must come to our aid, as we shall hear. By them, power and strength to keep the commandments is sought and prayed for, and received continually. Therefore, all their boasting amounts to as much as if I boasted and said, To be sure, I do not have a penny to make payment with, but I confidently will try to pay ten florins. All this I say and teach, so that people might get rid of the sad misuse that has taken such deep root and still clings to everybody. In all estates upon earth, they must get used to looking at these commandments, only, and to be concerned about these matters. For it will be a long time before they will produce a teaching or estate equal to the Ten Commandments, because they are so high that no one can reach them by human power. Whoever does reach them is a heavenly angelic person, far above all holiness of the world. Just occupy yourself with them, try your best, apply all power and ability. You will find so much to do that you will neither seek nor value any other work or holiness. Let this be enough about the first part of the common Christian doctrine, both for teaching and urging what is necessary. In conclusion, however, we must repeat the text which belongs here. We have presented this already in the first commandment, in order that we may learn what pains God requires, so that we may learn to teach and do the Ten Commandments. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. As we have heard above, this appendix was primarily attached to the first commandment. Yet it was laid down for the sake of all the commandments, since all of them are to be referred and directed to it. Therefore, I have said that this also should be presented to and taught to the young. Then they may learn and remember it, and we may see what must move and compel us to keep these Ten Commandments. This part is to be regarded as though it were specially added to each command, so that it dwells in and runs through them all. Now, there is included in these words, as said before, both an angry, threatening word and a friendly promise. These are to terrify and warn us. They are also to lead and encourage us to receive and highly value His word as a matter of divine sincerity. For God Himself declares how much He is concerned about it and how rigidly He will enforce it. He will horribly and terribly punish all who despise and transgress His commandments. Also He declares how richly He will reward, bless, and do all good to those who hold them in high value, and gladly do and live according to them. So God demands that all our works proceed from a heart that fears and regards God alone. From such fear the heart avoids everything that is contrary to his will, lest it should move him to wrath. And on the other hand, the heart also trusts in him alone, and from love for him does all he wants. For he speaks to us as friendly as a father, and offers us all grace and And every good. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whatever calling has been given you or tasks set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.